everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and I want to welcome you to the podcast version of Mike Murphy's Friday Rumblings. For years, these have been a Facebook post each Friday. I decided these words were worth spreading to a wider audience and worth making accessible in another format that might be easier for some people. Full disclosure, Mike Murphy is my husband, and this was not his idea. In fact, I'm the narrator. Rob Bell says, everything is spiritual. You might listen to this podcast and say, wait a minute, sounds like there is some political content included. I would simply echo Rob Bell's words, everything is spiritual. Give the rumblings a listen and see if you agree, or maybe you'll disagree, but I guarantee it will be food for thought. Whether you agree or disagree, keep the conversation going. Also, if you want a print version of the rumblings, you can find it in the show notes or friend Mike on Facebook. Now, are you ready to rumble? Rumble one. Roland Martin, author of the book White Fear, believes that a good chunk of white America is running scared, knowing that the clock is ticking and in 20 years or so, people of color will be in the majority. So what do people do when they are afraid? The smart ones decide to find out why fear is taking over. Is this fear rational or irrational? Others, not so introspective, just reactively grab onto their fear, head to a rallying area and go on the attack. Martin is convinced one of the rallying points is CRT, critical race theory which he describes as a boogeyman term to refer to any discussion in school about the history of systemic racism in America and the contemporary reality of ongoing systemic racism. He believes fearful white people simply do not want that analysis provided because they don't have a rebuttal to it. He's right. CRT is a rallying cry for anything and everything having to do with race. Bad actors in a variety of intertwined movements love using it because they know it scares their peeps. And when the peeps tremble in fear, that's a good thing. It helps cement their power and influence. Pretty sick, huh? Rumble 2. If you hear the dogs, keep going. If you see the torches in the woods, keep going. If they're shouting after you, keep going. Don't ever stop. Keep going. If you want a taste of freedom, keep going. Harriet Tubman. I want what this woman said and experienced taught in schools. Rumble 3. I just finished the book Wild by Nature from Siberia to Australia, Three Years Alone in the Wilderness on Foot by Sarah Marquise, a National Geographic explorer who solo walks long, long distances in all kinds of interesting and potentially scary places. Her definition of adventure is, any enterprise where the risk is considerable and the chances of success dubious. Wow, most people's understanding of an adventure doesn't include the words considerable risk with dubious chances for success. That's why we need, at least I do, people like Ms. Marquise who do extraordinary things and seek out maximum adventure. She stirs my heart and imagination. And that stirring prods me to be braver, to risk a bit more, and to dream bigger dreams. I'm never going to be her, 
I just need to be the best version of me I can. Rumble 4. Catherine of Siena lived in the 1300s. The Center for Action and Contemplation tells us that she called on men to recognize the God-given mission of women affirmed by Jesus, enshrined in the Gospels, and confirmed by the history of women in the Church. She called on women to refuse rejections, to demand equality, to speak their spirituality, to give their God-given gifts, whether these gifts are called for or not, called holy or not, legitimated or not, because no one, not even the church, has the right to deny the gifts of God or the God who works through the gifts of women. What a voice. Talk about bravery, huh? It is both fascinating and discouraging that the denial of the gifts of women is still front and center in many parts of Christendom. Rumble 5. Pigpen in the Peanuts comic strip is a lovable character who is known for the cloud of dirt and dust that follows him wherever he goes. He just can't seem to stay clean. He makes us smile. After all, we either were Pigpen or knew someone who was. Our ex-president is kind of like a weird alternate universe version of Pigpen. He has a whole long history filled with clouds of dirt and dust. He never outgrew it. Instead, he chooses to monetize it, manufacture it, immerse himself in it, throw it around, and then blame others for it. I'm reminded of Maya Angelou's famous quote, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. Rumble 6. People don't seem to leave the church because they no longer believe in the beauty of Jesus. People leave the church because they believe in Jesus so much that they can no longer stomach being part of an institution that says it's about that and so clearly is not. Nadia Bolsweber that happens. I also think people leave the church because they start to realize that they can't get their own way as often as they like. So they pick a fight. Usually it's much to do about nothing and leave in a cowardly huff. I've seen that happen a lot. Rumble 7. The Hebrew prophets did not care if others looked on them as conservative or liberal. To some, they looked like conservatives preaching old-time religion. To others, they looked like liberals questioning the status quo. Richard Rohr. Those prophets didn't care about the labels. They made themselves available to God and became a presence, sometimes welcomed, sometimes not. They just kept on keeping on being true to God, true to themselves, and letting the chips fall where they may. It wasn't an easy gig. Rumble 8. I don't preach a social gospel. I preach the gospel, period. The gospel of our Lord is concerned for the whole person. When people were hungry, Jesus didn't say, now, is that political or social? He said, I feed you because the good news to a hungry person is bread. Desmond Tutu. Tutu was a prophetic voice. Yes, he was. Rumble 9. Remember that to be happy is not to have a sky without a storm, a road without accidents, work without fatigue, 
relationships without disappointments. To be happy is to find strength in forgiveness, hope in battles, security in the stage of fear, love in discord. It is not only to enjoy the smile, but also to reflect on the sadness. It is not only to celebrate the successes, but to learn lessons from the failures. It is not only to feel happy with the applause, but to be happy in anonymity. Being happy is not a fatality of destiny, but an achievement for those who can travel within themselves. To be happy is to stop feeling like a victim and become your destiny's author. It is to cross deserts, yet to be able to find an oasis in the depths of our soul. It is to thank God for every morning for the miracle of life. Fernando Pessoa, Portuguese poet. Beautiful, isn't it? Rumble 10. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Robert Frost I do think that we're at a point of divergence most everywhere we look these days. So where will our steps take us? Which road is ours? Which one will make all the difference? <laughs>